Hey, hey, this is Mr. Todd. I am here at Stories and Solutions. I'm back with my uh, further West Coast host, <laughs> Melman. Good evening, good evening. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. Of course. Yeah, so I figure what we'll jump into is from the AI conversation we had, we'll go from there and just see where it lands us. Last time we were talking about AI with music, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so since then, I've I've heard quite a few horrible like AI Michael Jackson, AI Jay Z, AI. Uh, oh, I had made a comment, man. People mm-hmm. keep people came at me on this Instagram. I I really don't like saying anything because people like they get butthurt for something that like it just doesn't make any sense. They yeah. had, uh, Timbaland was talking about how he's going to make albums with deceased artists and that he would use, like, say, like an up-and-coming or whoever it is, but somebody else to rap or sing. Then, I guess, AI mask the voice to that, you know, deceased artist. And yeah. I was like, that's wrong because... You can't emulate like what that person feels they're dead and what they were at the time of their life when they were still singing to the time of now, you're not going to have the same voice and the same maturity. You're not going to have, you don't even know what their life would have been like, you know, like to me, that's just wrong. But what do you think of that? Well, uh, it's kind of a gray area in my mind. Obviously, there are um, ramifications for utilizing somebody's voice to to make money, right? You got to pay the estate. And so at that point, part of it is going to be the family's decision. And I think that um, there will be a lot of people who stand on the, uh, the moral position that you're not supposed to do this, that that person should not, you know, be kind of exploited in this way. But I think that a lot of people are still going to say yes because there's going to be money involved, right? And it can be argued that it's similar to impersonation, right? Uh, If you walk around as a Michael Jackson impersonator and that's how you make your money, uh, no one's really going to stop you, right? Because they know that it's not the real you. True. Um, So it's a gray area. It's really tough, especially knowing that this is going to happen anyway. And I think I read the Timbaland article, and that was kind of his approach to it. And, of course, he got a lot of backlash, and rightfully so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone who's going to step into the, the fray of, of this kind of morally gray area, he, he basically said, I just don't want to be afraid of what's happening. He doesn't want to kind of end up on the back end of it where uh, he, he's not prepared, he's not familiar with the technology because, in a way— it is going to be something that changes the world. I think that, uh, you know, the quality of it, as you mentioned, is kind of bad right now. It's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. But I still stand by all of this stuff, this, um, like the emulation of, of artists, that's going to be a phase, I think. Um, I think that it, 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 it kind of gets a rise out of people emotionally. Uh-huh. Um, and for at least for the first few decades of it, It's not going to be like people aren't going to be fans of there's going to be so many people who are just automatically, no matter what you say or do, they're going to be like, no way, this is wrong. I don't like this. And because of that, 
I think that the bigger move would be to create new artists, artists that don't exist. Okay. Like you can use the uh, the AI to change the voice. You could create an entire rap group from one person. Right. 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 Now that is pushing the boundaries, right? Like say one guy has he has five different flows. Now he can give each one of those flows its own voice, you know, its own character. And uh, that, I think that would be more interesting of a, of a use of the tool than to emulate an artist because you get into the moral, ethical issues and, you know, like all that stuff. Like you mentioned, you're not actually emulating that artist. You're just impersonating them. So it'll never really be the same thing. But um, there, there are interesting avenues that it can go, I think. Well, because it's kind of like the pussycat dolls. So like, exactly. so like Nicole Scherzinger, she, yeah. that first album, she sang all those girls parts. Oh yeah. I remember hearing about that. Right. And then they have their names on there, but she's the writer. Like as far as she's singing it too. Right. And yeah. she has to sing it in different octaves. She has to, you know, she has to layer it. That's less work compared to that. They're not doing anything. They're just, you know, back up, like standing there like, uh, like robots. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's Talking like, head. exactly. So it's like, to me, it's that kind of feeling. It's like, okay, yeah. well, if you do go in, yeah, if it's creating your own thing with AI, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's something wrong with it when there's just AI songs on the radio and you don't know, like, where it came from. Mm-hmm. Because there's no accountability there. Oh, wait. That actually brings up a really good question. And it's something that I've kind of struggled with for a while. Um, and it's, it's this question. I actually had it during a dream, and it, and it bothered me ever since. It was, does the comedian have to say that he's joking, right? Um, if people don't know, um, is it irresponsible? Yeah. So do you have to announce... Um, like a painter doesn't have to tell you the the painting tools that he's using to create that song. Um, there are bands. I think um, what is it? Imagine Dragons. You ever heard of them? Yeah, my that's, my that's kids like one, them. It's just one guy, and uh, Daft Punk. I'm pretty sure it was also just one person, but it was two. They, uh, it was two. It was two. But their their music videos always made it look like they had a full band. You know, there were five people. Yeah. In the band, and if you unless you you investigated further. And you didn't know that uh, it was just two guys. And then uh, there was another band with uh, two guys who were wearing helmets. And apparently, a lot of times, they wouldn't actually show up. They would pay other people to wear the helmets and go out. And those things, they're disingenuous in a way. And a lot of people kind of question, when, when, you're, when you're paying for a product from an entertainer, the, the product is the entertainment. But the process underlying it is not always a part of the product. Um, right. And so do we have to tell people, I mean, at, at first anyway, especially when you're doing emulation of another artist, it seems like it would be prudent to to announce, okay, hey, you know, this is an AI-generated song. These aren't the real artists. The the family was consulted. You know, this is this is all kosher, et cetera. Exactly. But with time... With time, if I if I create a beat, you know, using AI, and I, I write the lyrics with AI, and then I, I I release the song, do I have to tell everyone that I made it with AI? Um, no, 
No, right? It's, it's, and, and that is what's going to permeate the markets, I believe. It's similar to the whole GPT effect where people are using it to write essays. And uh, over time, all of our, or most of the stuff on the internet, just based on pure speed that you can generate content, is going to be written by AI. And there's still people, I, I've read some of their stuff, and they'll say, oh, you know, I used AI to help me write this. But more and more people are going to not include those little addendums. And um, that's kind of going to disappear. Well, so you're right about the accountability. It's going to it's going to vanish. And that's kind of going to be the world that we're, we live in. I don't know if there's a way to prevent that from happening or to encourage people to go other ways. Well, you have like when you write in an article for L.A. Times or L.A. Weekly or whatever it is, um, you do have to cite. Right. So it should say AI generated mm -hmm. or, um, or partial or inserts from something mm -hmm. like that. But I'm saying in the sense of when you have music, it's dangerous because these algorithms is one thing, but the frequencies, AI is going to know how to manipulate your mind. And you can make a song that says kill yourself. And who are you going to hold accountable? The person that released it? So then therefore there should, there should still be like a person, like a physical to be able to say you're accountable for this. Because even if you say that wasn't the purpose, you have to explain then why did you make it at this frequency? Why did you make this song where it's played backwards of the person saying that over and over and over again, where you know that it can get into their, their psyche. Their subconscious. Yeah, because there's going to be where you have that freedom, you're going to have freaks that are going to be like, hey, I want to see what happens next. And because yeah. they, you know what I mean? They have the safeguard. So that's a big thing. That's a big, uh, a big fear when it comes to technology in general, mm -hmm. that, uh, with time, um, the, of course, uh, I still believe that in general, like most people want to be either left alone or they want to be a benefit to people around them. And all it takes is a very small number of bad people to increase the badness in the world. Yep. And as technology gets better and better, um, one person can do more and more damage. And if, there is a frequency or a, a segment of words. Um, have you ever heard of the book Infinite Jest? No. I'll look um, it up. Infinite I'll Jest. look it up while you're talking to me. Yeah, it was actually written by a gentleman who ended up taking his own life. But mm. um, the idea was that there was a joke that if you heard it, you would laugh until you died. And it was completely impossible for any, like once you read it, it was over. You you couldn't resist because of how the, the joke was just formulated so perfectly that you couldn't stop laughing and before you, you passed away. And it was this, this secret thing that people are looking for. They're trying to find it, um, mostly because people didn't believe that it was real. But, of course, um, the idea was that there are some – there is a perfect formulation that can take away a little bit of your free will. Um, and if that is the case, then, of course, the, the people that are going to discover it are going to be people that are dealing with AI because it'll be able to, um, you know, outthink us and essentially um, removes our ability to make intelligent decisions. And right. uh, so the question is, in order to prevent that, there are very few things you can really do. If, if such a thing exists and is possible, 
then someone's going to discover it. And um, it's kind of the biggest problem with AI in general is that there is a underlying belief that the people who have the most powerful AI are going to rule the world, right? Because they're going to be able to control people uh, with it. So that means that by not participating in the AI race, you are giving up. You're saying, I will, whoever wins, they're going to be the boss. That's fine. And of course, you know, the major powers of the world, none of them can live with that outcome. So they have to pretty much drop everything because this is the the game changer. This is the thing that could um, lead to the elimination of free will. And that is the biggest fear of all mankind because if you you just try and destroy us, you know, even if there's nuclear war, like some humans will survive. But uh, I was reading this this uh, these philosophers, these guys, they're called long termists, and they're constantly thinking about not just you know, humanity surviving uh, in the short term, you know, but our entire potential across pretty much all time, right? They say. Okay. Uh, the worst thing that could happen is uh, eliminating all of human potential. So like uh, climate change could destroy a lot of Earth, but humanity will probably still survive and our long-term potential will will recover. We'll, we'll adapt to the new climate. We might leave the planet, all those different things, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they analyze all these potential problems. And one thing that they realize um, we can't really overcome like, if we get caught in a, in a negative loop right now one of those loops is that an ai arises that is not aligned with human goals and because it'll be so far superior to us in intelligence and ability and be able to control us essentially it would negate all of our potential uh, we would become basically like, like ants. obsolete yeah we'd be obsolete we'd, we'd be ants on our own planet where the ai is the queen and we we bend to its whim for all eternity, and it would be impossible. Like the ants, like for example, ants will never overthrow humanity, at least in no 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 way that we know so far. Um, in the same way, we we could never really overthrow an AI that's genuinely superior to us intel- intelligently, um, despite what the movies may say. So that is their fear. Um, that is their long-term fear. If we can avoid that, then we're pretty much good. Like we'll figure out anything else. World war, we can bounce back. Um, you know, climate change, we can bounce back. Even even losing Earth, if we're if we're a spacefaring um, species, we should be okay. We should be able to find other resources in the galaxy. But an AI, or uh, of course an extraterrestrial species that wants to enslave us, those things would be kind of like, okay, the game's over. We had a good run. Um, and it's the same thing with, with, you know, even now, like with people being able to write convincing essays instantaneously that impact people. I think one of the big things we, we saw with the, uh, when, when Mr. Donald Trump was the president was, uh, he would sometimes say things on Twitter, for example, and, um, he would blast it out to millions of people and millions of people would believe it right away because one is the president and two he had such a large audience that by the time uh all the people who were able to like check and say hey this isn't true um he's exaggerating or whatever right like the fact checkers came in the fact checkers can only reach yeah the damage is already done there's so many people who are walking around who still believe it um because one um his reach was bigger than most of the fact checkers so 
um, he was manipulating uh, massive amounts of people um, for good or ill, you know, depending on whatever your political leaning is. The point is that he had an asymmetric uh, amount of power over humanity. So say somebody creates that, that AI that's able to convince people, it might not be able to convince everyone, right? But if they get that message out, they get that song on the radio that tells everyone, hey, you know, worship whatever this, and then yeah. all of a sudden you've got millions of people doing it. By the time everyone realizes, oh, it was because someone put it in an algorithm that you know generated the perfect frequency to convince these people, you've already got cults popping up That's all over right. the United States, and it's kind of too late to undo the damage. Right. Um, so, but there's no there's no way around it unless you know. I guess the the argument is always, all right. Well, then we have to have people who are working on the opposite, right? Who are who are out there trying to find the the positive frequencies that actually uplift humanity and putting those in music, you know, and kind of fighting fire with with uh, with, with fire. fire. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, you you got to remember too. We have this experiment with uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Doge and all this stuff. And then it crashes. So after it mm -hmm. crashes, the government comes in and says, well, we're going to make our own because that is forever, right? Mm -hmm. And this same thing, you have AI, but then you have military AI, which is always mm -hmm. going to be beyond what we see. You have the Google and companies we've never even heard of before that work on this stuff. So there's going to be experimentation to see how far e evil can be. And then there's going to be experimentation to see how far good can be. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the operator that is allowed to get it. So it's kind of like when I started doing music, I had like a four track machine. Mm -hmm. Right. We didn't have I didn't have computers yet. Then then when you came out with a computer, I didn't have like a Pro Tools yet. I had, you know, like Reason and then I think FL Studio and then Cubase and then back to Reason. And then I went to Pro Tools with my MPC. And from there, that I see is how AI depends on the person and who is allowed to get it mm -hmm. and who has the funds. And then that also depends on their disposition. So if their view of the world is massive dominance, I'm money driven, I'm power driven, then that's where AI is going to go. Mm -hmm. Right. If, if you, 100%. because if you really think about it, all you have to do is say, okay, let's, let's, let's divvy this up. There's the medical field. Okay. What percentage of the world is that? What percentage of the world is for diseases? Now let's drum everything towards that as far as this experiment and see what AI can do mm -hmm. and start eradicating things left and right. And it can be something simple as do not have sugar, do not have, you know what I mean? And you can't deny it. So it's there, but then it can also on the other end of that is when it does get out of hand, when you say like, okay, well it starts to learn itself, then it's going to see, Oh, these people are obese. And that's that ant colony you're talking about where mm -hmm. they become useless and slaves. I think it really comes down to the operator, mm -hmm. you know, 
but you, you know, you can really like make good and get rid of things and, uh, pollution. And it shouldn't be like, if it's really that advanced, Mm -hmm. it should be asking the questions, the first world questions that we have of how do we stop global warming? How do we, uh, stop shootings at schools? Mm -hmm. You know, then, then, and then use it for that. Not how do we destroy another country? Mm -hmm. You know? And, and that's what I mean. Like it depends on what it, where it's leaning. That's what I think. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, who has the funding and the people behind it. And, you know, it's always going to be, I think I, I wrote something similar about how um, a tool is only an, an exaggeration of humanity, right? Like a hammer is just an exaggerated um, manifestation of our desire to, to slam something. Right. Yeah. And, and AI is only going to be an exaggerated version. So, um, if we try and create a general intelligence, it's only going to be an extreme version of us. Um, which means that the people behind it, you know, and this is why I, I, I really admire your, uh, your dream to build a school, right? Because in the end, the people who are behind the wheel of these machines, no matter how advanced they become, um, they're going to, they're going to be the parents of that future. Um, and the only way to have good parents, right, is to, is to teach people, is to, to give people something, a h- higher values to kind of um, aim for, right, to, to believe in, so that the scientists, you know, even the military scientists who might be sitting there de- building that AI, if he's going back to his superiors and saying, um, this machine has to be able to uh, determine between enemy and and friend and it, the, we cannot have civilian casualties right this is uh, imperative to me the mission you know there, there's nothing more because even when i was in the military there were people who who fought extremely hard for what they believed in um regardless of what the mission might have called for um they they stood up and said no this is not right we're not going to do it this way we're going to find another way uh, because they had um, values that were imprinted on them from when they were young. Um, and they, so I think that education is, is pretty much our only hope, right? Yeah. The the hopes that there are going to be people who, who want a a better outcome and who fight for it. And the only way to kind of have that is to give people that moral education, that, that understanding of, of the world that leads to the positive outcomes that we want right because if people have un undealt with trauma if they have spite if they have uh, hatred for humanity or themselves uh then the outcome is going to be it's only going to be worse it's going to be a worse version of of those things that are unresolved in humanity and i think that's one of the big things in in all the the greater schools of spirituality where they talk about how humanity has to kind of as collectively um, raise our frequency, raise our, I don't know, our, our collective outlook, because what that does is maybe maybe what they're trying to sh- tell us, right, is there is no collective in the, in the literal sense. It's an abstraction. It, it's a bunch of individual people, and we all have the power to make the world worse or better. And the only way to kind of, you don't know who it's going to be. Right. Right. Who's going to be the guy with the finger on the button? It could be any of us. So we have to 
We have to uplift everyone so that as many people as possible will have a better view, a better, uh, um, I guess, outlook on the possibilities that can occur in this life and focus on that. If we can do that, if we can, if we can bring the light to as many people as possible, then there's a hope that the final outcome, whoever's going to be in front of that, that button to, to start that AI that's going to change the world is going to be someone who is thoughtful and caring and the machine will be an exaggerated version of that. And then we get a happy ending, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully, but I would think that that's the hope. That's uh, the best hope we have. Yeah. And by the way, thank you for that compliment about uh, the school. Mm -hmm. Uh, I appreciate that. So I, I, I would say like this, how I was saying earlier, where if they concentrated AI on the right things to do with medical, um, you should be cutting cost for everybody mm -hmm. um, because you should be not having 75 different versions of a pill. Um, yeah. Right. But then mm -hmm. that, that kind of makes me wonder about this thing we were talking about. Um, I had, I had saw this electroculture gardening and it mm -hmm. says uh, it's a cutting edge, fascinating method of plant cultivation that makes use of electrical currents to promote plant development and boost output while being relatively new and little recognized this method has recently become more well liked among gardeners and academics so i was going to ask you because you're the expert would you say that there's the photosynthesis and this this new electoral culture because i'm thinking in the sense of with cannabis you have flower outside and mm -hmm. that's photosynthesis and then you have it on the inside which is pretty much uh, black lighting so then you have it's like a, an imitation i suppose mm -hmm. but it, but the, through the electoral culture like would it be the same thing i mean they're 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 both growing healthy but they're one is going to be stimulated more am i is that correct so uh, this is a really complicated question, and I'm looking at – I looked up the electroculture from, from what you mentioned before, and what my understanding – I mean bioenergetics is extremely complicated, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've always uh, I've always kind of – one thing I love about plants in general um, is how efficient the systems are, right? They're some of the most like mathematically – They've, they've refined, and it's one of the most beautiful things in the world when you think about it. Um, as organisms, you and I, um, say conditions aren't perfect for us, right? Mm -hmm. Whether there's not enough jobs or maybe something less abstract. Like you're, you're in a, an environment where there's no food or water, right? Right. Um, what is the, the benefit, the most powerful thing that we have, the most powerful tool that we have as an organism is that we can move, right? We can say, you know what? I'm getting out of here. Right. I'm going to go look for better conditions elsewhere. Yeah. Migrate. Um, migration. We can migrate. Um, this is the same thing for, for so many animals, um, in, in the world. And that has been our dominant. So our systems are, we're extremely opportunistic. Um, we're, we're constantly looking for an advantage, but we could always just go somewhere else. And the world has been so abundant um, during our time here that it has allowed us to expand across the globe and potentially leave it. 
Um, there are organisms on this planet who have not had that luxury. Um, plants, once they, they set down roots, they do not move, right? So in order for an organism to have the exact opposite strategy of us, they have to, they don't waste anything, right? The, the amount of light that hits a sun's, uh, the, the leaf mm-hmm. is so efficiently used. I believe it's some ridiculous number, like 99% of the light that isn't reflected is u- utilized by the photosynthetic machinery in, mm-hmm. in a normal plant. That's um, when it makes the is, sugar, right? Exactly. It makes the sugar from, from the, the process of, of using the light to excite uh, an electron, um, and it uses that, that electron that it excites to, to bind uh, carbohydrates together um, from carbon and, and hydrogen and oxygen. Um, and all, all this process, you know, one of the byproducts is, is oxygen. So they're, they're, they create an environment that's possible for us to, to breathe in. Um, all of this is done by machinery that's ancient and it's so efficient. So whenever you introduce a new element into a system that is ancient, um, the potential for, for side effects is extremely high, right? Because it's meant to, it's been operating in the same way for a very long time. It's extremely efficient. It's extremely good at what it does. So when it comes to electrical currents being uh, run through these plants, um, of course, uh, the reason why um, it's kind of a new thing and why we're not quite sure about the the benefits, even if it has um, short-term benefits, uh, what we might see in the future is that the, the machinery in the plant isn't designed to sustain that, right? Okay. Which is why um, it's interesting that it, it's useful for increasing germination rates, improving nutrient uptake, uh, um, all these different things. But it's sort of like... Um, for example, when you when you eat meat, for uh, meat is extremely bioavailable, but that bioavailability, which uh, it seems like a benefit at first, and it is, you know, you eat it, you feel stronger, you feel, you know, your your body's able to repair quickly, um, but over time it wears down your system, and people start to get heart disease, and they start to get diabetes, and all these other um, biological things that are because their system is basically running on overdrive for a long period of time. Um, it's the same thing uh, is w- what I imagine. Of course, I haven't read the literature on electroculture gardening, but I know that there's no free lunch in <laughs> in the environment, right? If you, if right. you add energy to the system, then the system you're is going to start chugging away and you're going to have to pay on the back end, right? That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so I, I'm interested in this, especially in, in the proper applications of it, right? Like increased germination rates, means that uh, the seeds that are being electrified will they'll they'll uh, they'll sprout more often right mm-hmm. but if you take say 50 seeds and typically the ones that actually sprout if you were to do this without the uh, electric electrical currents um, the ones that don't sprout are the duds they're the genetic you know, stopping points typically. Okay. But say now you have a system where you're able to run electrical currents through the seeds. Now those duds are going to actually pop. And now what that might do is that might increase your, uh, your yield up front. Right. But after a few weeks of, you know, watering those plants, um, the weaker ones, the ones who weren't supposed to survive essentially, um, are going to be 
they're probably going to be smaller. They're probably going to be, um, you know, their, their fruits are going to be smaller, et cetera. And perhaps, of course, you know, you, you might have to continue to use the electrical currents to keep them competitive with the ones that would be naturally robust. But our system up to this point has always been, you know, you grow, you, you, you take 50 seeds, you try and germinate the strongest ones. We take those and then we keep those and we reproduce, reproduce those. Okay. Um, so if we start uh, increasing our yield by kind of taking the weaker ones and keeping them alive through artificial uh, methods like um, electroculture, now we have a, a much larger crop, and then we take all those seeds, right? And then out of normally, say, when you would take a strong one and reproduce that, you the next batch would have, you know, 10 out of 50 would be really good, really strong. But now... Um, because now we've been reproducing the weak ones too, the next batch, we only have one, you know, or we only have two or three that are strong. Okay. And then what, we, what are we going to do? Then we start using the electroculture, the electricity to, to boost the productivity to get them back. And over time, you know, maybe 10, 15 years, now all of the seeds are basically dependent on the, electro the electrical current right. in order to even germinate, right? Now right. it's dependent because we've created a, um, a subspecies of this plant that needs that in order to grow, um, which is a, always a possibility. Whenever you're doing bioengineering, um, there are always long-term consequences for uh, manipulating things. And even it, the, the same thing happens in the opposite way, which is why you know there, there's always room for this. And I think there's uh, there's so much there's so many people all across the world applying so many different strategies that. We'll always be fine. There's so many plants, there's so many gardeners, there's so many uh, agriculturalists. Um, every strategy, there's room for every strategy, but um, every technology comes with a uh, what's the word? Not necessarily a dark side, but there's a well, there's, there's negative a pro and a con, right? Exactly. Always, always, always. So that's just my my initial interpretation of this. If it works the way that um, um, from what I've read, it it does work. It could it could be very helpful, especially in places that are, um, you know, maybe don't have the kind of genetic diversity that we have. Like we have really good plants here in America because we have, you know, we have big companies that are chugging away, but not everybody has that luxury. So um, yeah. this could definitely supplement that, um, which is always a good thing. It's always a good thing to have more tools in our toolbox, but to never become dependent on one thing because of the long-term consequences of, of utilizing something like that. Now, I'm gonna try and give you my spin Okay. Um, Most definitely. So this is how my brain works. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, so if I stood in the ground, and I guess you would have to kind of picture what I'm saying, but mm -hmm. if, if you stood in the ground, your socks off, you're supposed to be able to get instant electrical current and mm -hmm. and uh, your grounding from the dirt and you're, you're get a boost of electrons throughout your body, mm -hmm. right? And this can promote uh, healing. So I see that. And then I think, okay, so the ground does that instantaneously. Um, a leaf has the same veins we have. When you look at their chloroplast versus our blood plate, uh, what do you call it? Blood cells. They're the mm -hmm. same, just different color, you know, more or less, but same shape. Then if you tear a, a leaf, it bleeds, it hurts. Um, so if I get hurt and I go play a game basketball and I go to the gym, uh, 
what do you call it, the sports doctor, he puts electro current on my leg, it's like the TENS machine or whatever it is, and stimulates growth in, in, in your muscle and healing. So I don't see much difference in the plant and, and us as far as electro current, except you would have to have just like going to a chiropractor or going to the gym, you would have to have a consistent uh, pumping, mm-hmm. right? Because if if you were sick and you got a steroid, the steroid wears off when you gain strength, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're supposed to be able to get stronger, stronger, stronger. But if you have electro, like, like I, I'm thinking of it as, you have like a solar panel almost like there's a flat thing and the, there's the current running through the ground mm-hmm. and that grounding, I would think it would just be coming from nutrients and you can have like a, a whatever that frequency is, but it wouldn't need to be on like all the time. I would think it's like how I was saying, like if you go to the doctor and they, Mm, just regular yeah it's like a pulsation of something yeah i'd love to see the uh i'd love to see some experiments where they actually try it and see if they can quantify like find uh quantifiable growth uh differences based on you know consistent electrical uh pulses or are intermittent and just seeing if like um how exactly it affects the plants and if it's viable i mean like you mentioned like a small solar panel like attached yeah. to the top of a tree, right? Mm-hmm. And then just have the current running through. Um, seems like it would be very doable. And if you're doing something for, you know, trying to increase the yield of like a small neighborhood's, you know, you know urban garden or something like that, that could have uh, huge ramifications, right? You could feed the whole neighborhood with uh, a smaller amount of land. Yeah. And because they'll grow faster, right? Or consistently. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what about your idea of um, outer space? Yeah, orbital gardening. Yeah, so how about electroculture orbital gardening? Would that work? Yeah, that would be a... I mean, when you think about the expenses of uh, that process, um, I remember we talked about it being kind of unrealistic at the moment because of um, the amount of energy it costs to to transfer things up into the orbit. Um, Of course, hopefully with things like space elevators and uh, the commercialization of space travel that those things will get cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. But utilizing any kind of method. And that's why I remember we talked about combining all this, you know, we, we want to have as many different paths to creation, to development as possible. <laughs> I like that shirt. Thanks. It was, it's my new one. That's super cool. That's super cool. <laughs> I need to get me one, but and then that's, that was inspired by the, our episode. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was a thumbnail. Yeah. yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Wifey, but wifey picked that one. She, she's, she's an artist. She's, re- <laughs> she's really creative. I like that. You guys make a good team. Oh, thanks. But yeah, we got to combine all these things, right? That's going to be where I believe... I, I like to read the history of science a lot. Okay. And what I found is the people who are considered um, geniuses aren't usually necessarily um, the smartest people. Of course, they're very intelligent, but what makes them special, what separates them from the crowd 
is their ability to look across um, the domain that they're operating in and find connections that no one else did. So, you know, growing plants in spaces is a cool concept in and of itself, but we're talking about AI. We're talking about music. I don't know if you've read any of the studies that talk about how, um, depending on the frequency of the music that's being played, it can affect the growth of plants. Um, oh yeah. We're talking about electrical electroculture. Now uh, we, we were talking about how, what if someone uses AI to develop, you know, uh, a frequency that can create, you know, negative cognitive effects on people. But what if some, some botanist creates an AI that can create a frequency that encourages plants to grow. And then we combine that with the electoral culture. And now all of a sudden you can create a rainforest anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. That would be wonderful. Exactly. It could be like the garden of Eden or the, uh, um, what what was that one temple uh, in Babylon, the hanging gardens of Babylon all over again. But Um, you'd have to, you'd have to want to shift the culture to be a loving culture. And that's not the way it is here. So well, Very yeah, possible. yeah. I think no. I believe me. I'm I'm on the side of peace, but but I I'm more of the on the lines of if, and this is just my my view of here. If mm-hmm. if United States operates off of debt, then that's a negative, and if their media operates off of negativity, like bad news, then it aligns with negative debt. So. To find a way, like I said, if you, if if there was really a, a push towards AI in a positive way, you would type in how to um, eradicate thirty-two uh, trillion dollars in debt within five years, and you would see it would say you know tax the billionaires this much, tax the millionaires this much, whatever it is, have a flat tax, whatever it may be. But no one's going to want to do it because they're going to throw all these wrenches to say, well, we have to explore that. Why? Because everybody's comfortable with what they have. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the people that are able to do the AI, they don't live in our world. They they live in a world that doesn't really have rules or they wouldn't be able to create what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's where the negative positive thing is. It's It's almost like, like. Ooh, don't don't eat from that tree, but it looks so juicy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, and it really yeah. depends on, you know. And again, I come back to how you were raised, what kind of life you had. Like, think about it. If you had a life where you were like just beat down, and and abused, and you got away, and you had this attitude of I'm gonna show you, and I'm gonna take over the world, and you had this Elon Musk like you know, domination, domination, it can very well go negative, you know, because your thoughts are anger and, and revenge, not the other side where like me, I would be the kind of guy that's like, man, I grew up the way I grew up sucked. And I found this, this thing called AI and I'm going to just spread as much joy as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. And by a time, the disagreeers get involved. The joy is greater, like it's harder to destroy mm-hmm. versus starting it off with, oh, let me play this music or let me 
you know, because the reason why I said that is I was looking at when people talk about AI and it's in this whole thing, there's all these questions about how do we die? How does the end of the world look? That it, why hasn't it ever been like, why aren't they promoting? I'm not saying there isn't. Why aren't they promoting? Oh, so what is it like when everybody lived in harmony? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what does it look like to, to have no more wars? You know, generate that. But no, you put it on TV, the end of the world. So what do you think people are going to have in their head? End of the world. Exactly. So to me, it's a beautiful thing to want, but we have to be, have some type of, like the same way if, if you put, you sample Prince and you wrap your ass off and you're like, man, this is the best song ever. They're going to come flag you in a matter of, you know, three days mm-hmm. because it's running through a, a machine, right? There has to be a way where something with AI, anything that's released for it to be in mass production anyway, to be on TV and radio, not YouTube, but TV and radio. Then it's a matter of when it gets to a certain amount of views, it's checked. And if it's the same way they say, oh, we're flagged this for negative community guidelines, it has to be something like that. Mm. Well, that leads to a that's an in- interesting question. I think uh, we might have to to end on this, but it's something we could definitely talk about in the future. Is do you believe that um, moderation in that regard infringes on free will in a little bit of a way, um, or not free will, but free speech? Because those tools, who determines? Um, what it, the community guidelines are going to be, right? If, if we create that AI, like you mentioned, and it it decides, well, you know, what you you're saying is not going to lead to uh, a beneficial outcome, and it silences you because it doesn't believe that you are your um, whatever you have to say, whether it's musically or or your writing or or even our podcast conversations. If in its algorithm it, de- it determines that we're not adding to that that great future peace that the world is uh supposed to come to is it worth it to um silence people i guess for the greater good in that regard uh, is that something that you think could be prevented um or is free speech kind of uh, a utopia it's not a real thing that we can allow i think you can allow free speech but the same way they regulate us now I just think it should be more or less checked by per community. So if you live in Hawaii and you said, I worked with Danger Mouse or I worked with Zed or whoever, and you made a song and you said, okay, well, uh, I'm putting this out and I want to be as creative as possible and push the boundaries like a Marilyn Manson and a, you know, Madonna or whatever it is, you still have your community. Like when you go to pump up something, you're going through your community and you don't usually go like, Oh, I live in Los Angeles, but I'm going to go. My target audience is Texas and I don't know anybody there, you know, like you still have to get like a groundswell. Yeah. Right. So that's your community. And if your community is like, nah, dude, this is crap or this is too negative or this is, that's how you're going to know. Mm-hmm. Right. And then from there, it should be because people will say, stop this guy. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? 
So it's democratic then. Yeah, it's just more or less like right and wrong. It's not about, well, I should be able to do it. Because if that's the case, the guy that has the most money right now should be able to buy a nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. We know that's not right. Big C, I'm saying. Like, there's still free free speech. There's still free will. Like, he can find it. Let's be real. If people in a place that like Iraq or Afghanistan or Russia even, that don't have the same capabilities that we have they're able to build life-ending you know hardware and find it so if they're able to find it however the money they get through drugs or whatever it is they're able to find a way so if somebody that has 200 billion dollars they can find a way you know mm-hmm. so there's gotta be there's always somebody watching you you know in this day and age and I, I just think when you get to the point where you're about to do damage, like real damage, there should be, I mean, even these like low end, the people that are killing people in schools or back when they had the Oklahoma's uh, bombing and all this stuff, there was always a trail. There was always something that people missed. That kind of stuff is what I mean by AI. That mm-hmm. could be used. Okay. You know, one tragedy happened. Now you sick AI on it. You, you uh, backtrack. Where does this person come from? Boom, 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 boom. It should be able to figure it out just based on cameras around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? So there, you're, it's regulated, but it's just a matter of, I guess, like you said, democratically, people are able to vote on. And I still think the same thing now, like we're just without AI, with with the politicians we have every single thing that they keep trying to push through these bills without telling you every single one, there should be an email that you get that is, has a secure browser, whatever you want to call it number based on your password, whatever that we are trying to push this bill through by this date to, uh, Raise the debt ceiling. And if 80% of the people say, no, don't raise the debt ceiling, stop making debt. Mm -hmm. It should go that way. It shouldn't be they're passing things because Congress said so when it's all based on their uh, benefit, not the people. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you actually want a democracy, everything should be transparent. Should be an absolute democracy. Yeah. Well, the only counter to that is something Aristotle once said about, I guess, public education. Like, do you trust, do you trust the people to make an educated decision in that regard? Do you think that okay, there's a a separation between uh, professional politicians, lawyers, and you know the people who write legislation and bills and stuff, and the average person because they're so complicated at this point that um, it would be kind of overwhelming to ask every single person in the United States, hey, how do you feel about, you know, this this thing that we're about to do and asking them, you know, to make an intelligent decision. Um, a lot of people are going to make decisions emotionally. A lot of people aren't going to really understand what's at stake. Um, and I guess my question is, do you think that an absolute democracy is possible in the current intellectual landscape that we have are people smart enough to to make those kind of decisions or or does it even matter maybe 
it doesn't matter and we should still ask people and even if everyone decides to do something stupid at least it's everyone's decision right yes i think you cannot have the farce of this is a democratic world or nation and we have hidden societies or we have hidden laws or we have hidden agendas and hidden ways to say well you know we don't think you're smart enough and intelligent enough to handle ufo uh Mm -hmm. acknowledgement so we're going to keep you in the dark or we're not sure that we can make you understand that you know we can cure this but it's a multi-billion dollar industry and our economy would fall if we just cured everything Mm -hmm. right because then they're going to say like you were saying it's an emotional situation but if you bring it down to then you can't have a a nation that's based on religion and based on uh, right and wrong with laws because if there's a right and a wrong then who's right in the laws Mm mm-hmm um, those laws are now written based on an ignorant population. Therefore, you have slaves because you don't want their opinion, right? You don't have to like their opinion, but then don't say we'll have a, a voting democracy because mm-hmm. because here's how I see it. Everybody has something they like or don't like. And we have things that, like I teach in the daytime, and I have people that say, uh, counselors or psychologists that come in and then they'll say, wow, I can't do that math. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm sure you're good at something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So when those things come through, the people that are like passionate about their community and their life, they're going to either do what you did and I do and look up and learn or they're going to look it up and go, man, this is way too complicated. I'll leave this to the experts. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have the people that are just a hundred percent interested in that. And those are the people that should be voting. There shouldn't be a non-disclosure because someone that has the same brain capability more or less as you is making a choice for you based on you know the level of intelligence they think you have because you can go to MIT and have no morals mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. so you know there's axe murderers that went to Yale I'm sure it's true so I don't think it really comes down to intelligence I think it comes down to emotional intelligence I think mm-hmm. it comes down to if you even if it would benefit the world, but eventually the world would blow up because you benefited it. What's the point? Where's the benefit? Mm-hmm. Right? People aren't going to do that. They're going to go by what's easy because that's what we've been fed. Mm-hmm. So I just think it comes down to a moral issue any which way you go because there's going to be yeah. someone affected either way. I'll do that. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. And, yes, sir. Um, um, I'm happy to be here, honestly. It was a great <laughs> conversation tonight. Yeah, I, you know, it's crazy how things happen because it was music that we linked to, but this is like, I enjoy these conversations because they challenge me. Like, I always think before I say stuff most of the time, but mm-hmm. but when I'm talking to you, 
I guess like how they say, like, if you're always the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Right? I think, like, if someone is challenging me, my intelligence, I don't look at it in a bad way. I look at it like, wow, you know, like I said, you know botany. I know mm-hmm. cars. You may know planes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they share the same thing. They have a cycle and they have an engine or they have um, the way things have to uh, link. And, exactly. Right? So you find a, a common place to have the conversation. And I learn from you, but it also makes me, uh, like I was saying earlier, think first on, mm-hmm. on like, hmm, that's a good point he made. Now, without my emotion, like, would this just be a right and wrong thing like what is mm-hmm. what is best for humanity because that's how i base my choices believe it or not no i believe it i believe 100 percent, and i agree I, the feeling is mutual i think um these conversations always help me understand you know i get to pick your brain um i, I think you're a very wise person um you're you're very knowledgeable in a broad amount of, of, of subjects of topics as your your podcasts always reveal um, and I'm grateful to be here and to, to be able to have something to add. Um, uh, you know, you, you don't really know what you know until you are talking about it. Um, so you've helped me with my own um, education, my own thinking. So I'm extremely grateful. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to, to be a part of this. Uh, thank you. And, Absolutely. Uh, Thanks yeah. for having me on. Always. You're always welcome. This is Stories and Solutions. I am Mr. Todd. Big thanks to Malaman, my co-host. This was a really enlightening and good conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please drop a comment, good or bad, on the Instagram, Mr. Todd's Corner, Stories and Solutions at Instagram, Mr. Todd's Corner.com, whatever. So uh, have a good night, everybody. Be easy.